Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Hey, David Thomas. Hey, Sissy Goff. It is really fun to be talking to two of us because we are in the middle of a lot of amazing interviews. That we're super excited super about. Super excited about. I know. I can't wait for folks to hear a lot of the people we've had on. We've set the bar so high that we may sound really uninteresting <laughs> I right think now. we are going to sound really <laughs> uninteresting. Gotta, we got to do our best. Yes. So we wanted to talk a little bit moving into the spring about what we feel like kids need. But we haven't recorded one just us in so long. I'm going to throw it back to, remember, we used to talk about what we felt about these things. So what do you need today, David Thomas? What do you need these days? What do I need these days besides cinnamon rolls and tacos? <laughs> I need to remember so many of the things that have been helpful that I think would be easy to let go of. Like I still need to be taking mm. a lot of walks. Yes. Still need to be taking a lot of walks. So what do you need? I think my first answer would be what's so top of the mind right now that as we're sitting here, my sister's going to have a baby any day. He will be here by the time this episode comes out. So I think... I need this baby to come. I'm ready to meet Whit Weber. We all are. Yeah. That's Cannot wait need. to meet that little guy. Me either. So the last time we did a What Kids Need and talked about this, the Surgeon General hadn't done this yet, but at the end of 2021, he declared a mental health crisis among kids, which we are certainly still seeing in our office. And I think our answers, my guess is both of our answers are kind of in light of that does feel like things are opening up, which is great, but kids still need a lot. We are still seeing more anxiety. We're still seeing more depression. We're still seeing more kids talk about suicide than ever before in all the years that we've been counseling kids. And so the need is significant. And out of that, I think I would start with saying that your kids need focus time with you. I feel like we keep lowering the bar, but I think we've now landed at about 10 minutes a day. Each of your kids need 10 minutes a day with you of just time and not time that you're telling them how to do their homework or you're instructing them in soccer or that you're doing anything like that, but just individual daily, if you can do it, daily 10-minute focused time with a grown-up who is safe and steady. And the safe and steady, as we have said a million times lately, that all kids need the grownups in their lives to be the calmest people in the room. And so that's part of the safe and steady. But so often, I think we wait for individualized time for it to be time that we're teaching them or that we're repairing something even in a relationship, that we're going back to them and asking for forgiveness rather than just spending time with them. It helps their self-regulation. It helps their self-esteem. Actually, there are a few things really that research says one-on-one time with you is going to do for them. 
It strengthens your bond. Obviously, we are more tender with kids when we're with them by themselves. Like even if you think about nicknames you call kids, I feel like those things come out so often when you're having an individualized time with them. So it strengthens our bonds. It helps us remind kids of who they are and where they're individually gifted. I think we speak to that more when it's just them and they're not with their siblings. It, from a scientific standpoint, literally helps their brain development. Laughter and playing together is like nourishment for the brain. It's so good. And research also says that for you moms who are listening, that moms feel their parenting is more meaningful and less stressful when they're interacting with their kids. And dads, when you're involved in interactive time with your kids, you are, statistically speaking, happier, calmer, you have better marriages, and there's better family functioning overall. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? And kids who spend interactive time with their parents have higher reading scores, they're healthier physically, they have higher emotional intelligence and adaptability. There's so much good that comes, and again, good that kids need right now. They just need safe spaces. They need someone to listen. We talk all the time about saying, I can't imagine what it's like to grow up today. Just would love to hear what you think, what's hard right now for kids, what's hard for you. Sometimes they'll talk about other kids and they won't talk about themselves, right? So asking questions like that and just spending time with them, just enjoying them. I'm so glad you shared those statistics. That's fascinating, but not surprising. Really not. I would add to that that they need something to look forward to. I think we all need something to look forward to. And, you know, I think about the passage in Scripture that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think they need to hope towards something, maybe now more than ever. And we talk a lot about how kids are visual and concrete. Mm. And so even writing things on a calendar that they can look ahead to know. I feel that way with iCal. Like when I have hard days, I look ahead like something, a trip that's coming up or an event on a Saturday that I'm really looking forward to that helps me move through the next few days or sometimes just the next few hours that kids will be reminded like, remember Friday night, we're having pizza night and you get to pick the movie that we're watching. And it was fascinating to me. I don't think I told you this, but when the last... Spider-Man movie released, you know, because I do a lot of work with boys. Right. There is never a time that a Marvel movie releases that I don't hear a whole lot about it in my <laughs> office, boys of all ages. And there's always excitement. I have never heard the level of excitement that existed around mm. this last one. And I think it was because of where we are. Like, yes. it was like, we all need a Marvel movie right now. And mm. I think it was so many boys were like, I have tickets for Thursday night. We're going to the opening show. I'm going with my friends on Saturday. And I thought, I've always heard boys talk about being excited, but there was something unique to, we're just all needing to anchor ourselves to things that help us feel hopeful, help us feel excited that we can look toward at this point. What else would you add? Do you think we can schedule TV shows on our iCal? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> I think whenever Ted Lasso comes back, I'm going to put it on iCal. Oh, I counted down when the last season. I wonder when it's coming back. Yes, we need to have we that to on our calendar research. for sure. Yes, for sure. Well, I would add time with Pierce that kids need that desperately right now. They need it for their own emotional well-being because kids come to life around other kids, but they all also really need it socially. I was trying to think if I believe this is true, but I think it is that even last time we talked about social anxiety, and I think I'm seeing more of it today than I've ever seen before. And I'm seeing less girls. I'd be curious what you'd say about boys. I think I'm seeing less girls get together, that they're not getting together outside of school with their friends. 
like they used to. I'm just not hearing about it nearly as much. Are you experiencing oh, the absolutely. same thing? I even feel like the gap between extroversion and introversion for kids has widened significantly. I feel like the introverts, it's just driven, I was going to say them, us maybe too, into more and more into a hole. And so those kids feel like they need so much practice that we want to think about how do we do that? I feel like it's the combination really of the pandemic and technology in their lives that's created this crisis of not just social anxiety, but a lack of social skills, both, that we're so out of practice in that. And so trying to help them move back towards some healthy social skills. And what we would know to be true about kids is that they're experiential learners. And so talking about social skills isn't going to be nearly as helpful for them as getting in there and having time. And we probably should talk about them before they go back into it. And even that's where I'd probably say, are my kids on track might be more relevant the social chapters than ever before. Of, I agree. Because we have got to help kids on reciprocity. I think they have lost so much of that in this window of time. And awareness. Awareness, yep, absolutely. Those two milestones empathy. feel more important than ever. Yes, I am so excited to be back with groups of adolescents and practicing those things because they just need it so much. Yeah. What would you add? Well, you hinted at this briefly, and I want to develop it a little bit more. I think kids need the grownups who love them to just enjoy them, Mm. to just enjoy them. That, you know, I think pre-pandemic, the world was as fast-paced as it had ever been. And, you know, so much of our interactions or even just time with kids was getting from point A to point B to the next activity, getting to church on Sundays, getting to these places and experiences, many of which are wonderful and enriching but not a lot of room for enjoyment. And I think the pandemic did on the front side allow us all to slow down, to be home, to have a different pace. But as the world opens back up, you know, I see us moving back in those same fast directions that I don't think give way to enjoyment, which is different kind of time together than just traveling to an activity. You know, I think even I would challenge parents, think about, what sitting around the dinner table looks like, sounds like, and feels like, that we're not just talking about what's coming up, that we don't treat it like a planning meeting, you know, as opposed to just a point to really hear from each other, a point Mm. to really laugh with each other. So I would highlight that as we think about needs. Last night, I had dinner with Henry, my three-year-old nephew, and Kathleen, my sister, and we got home, and I was showing Henry Orion, the constellation, and I had picked him up to show him, and then we walked in the house, and I was trying to tell him goodbye, I think, and I stumbled over my words and made some funny sound or something, and he started giggling, and I started giggling. I don't know why it's going to make me cry saying it out loud, but then he kept giggling, and then I was laughing so hard. I had, I mean, it was the dumbest thing, and I had tears like streaming out of my glasses laughing with Henry. And then I said goodnight to him and I walked to my car and I thought, I just needed to laugh. Like it wasn't even funny, but I think something in me needed to laugh so badly. And I think he probably did too. And I think he half thought I was crazy, (laughs) but it just, it feels like we need that so much. Well, and I love that your story started with, we stopped long enough to look at the stars too. You know, there's that slowing down just for a few minutes. Just for a few minutes. That whole exchange didn't take long, but just for a few minutes. Yes. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible? Written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, 
The Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gominnow.com. That's shop.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. What about some intentional practices? Where I would want to start off is just in case you're listening to us and thinking, I don't even have time to brainstorm practical ways I can connect with my kids. So thinking about 10 minutes a day, here are a few ideas to throw out at you. Read a book together. Cook with one child each night. Go on a walk around the neighborhood. Have a dance party. We always love dance parties. What's your go-to music for a dance party? Motown. Me too. Whitney Houston. Yeah, anything like that. Make an art project together. You can run errands or take turns grocery shopping with each child if they're younger. That even feels like time that you can have fun and play. Go out to lunch or dinner. Let your older child stay up 15 minutes later to have special time with you. Play with them. Get on the floor and play with them. Talk about the things that they love. Or you can make up a new game or play any game. Those are great ideas. What would you add practically? You know, I learned one from a family I work with lately, and they have, like a lot of families do, a big master dry erase board calendar where the mom color codes each kid's activities. And she said, no one ever wants to look at it. Sometimes I don't even want to look at it because it feels so overwhelming, all the things. She said, this was so silly, but I found online this dry erase marker that has glitter in it, and we write in fun stuff that we're looking forward to. And she was like, it's so great that we're like all running to the calendar more to find evidence of when the fun stuff is coming up, oh. not just the scheduled activities. And I love that it's the stuff in the glitter marker yes. at that point. And I thought, how great. And then again, for her visual concrete kids, they've got evidence of this is coming. This is something yes. my family's looking forward to. Maybe iCal will create some glitter. Maybe so. <laughs> Text. This is just a like parenting hack, but we both have a friend who's super organized. When you said that about color-coded, she chose for her kids when they were little a color for each child. And so for that child, every cup that they get is that color, everything in their life, every bag is that color. And so she never has to figure out who's is who. It's just this child always has green and this child always has red. Isn't that smart? I love it. I know, me too. Just random tidbit. Okay, so I would throw in also, because we're working with so many anxious kids in our office, we're doing a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. And one of the tenets of cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the main practices we would do is called exposure therapy. And that is where we're basically gradually working our way toward the scary thing. Because for any of us to work through anxiety, we have to do the scary thing. But we don't want to jump in the deep end. We want to step our way towards it. And so Thinking about this social anxiety with kids today, a few things I would encourage you to do if your child has really withdrawn from spending time with other kids, to start with the friend that they feel the most comfortable with. Pick that friend. Help them come up with a plan before. Any kids who are socially anxious, it's so helpful for them even to know, okay, this friend's coming over because so many times they'll say, I don't know what to do. And then the friend will get there and they'll be bored together. And then that either turns into creativity or it becomes really awkward. And so helping them come up with a plan 
we also, David talks about this in our Are My Kids on Track Parenting Seminar, but helping kids have back pocket questions. So if conversation feels like it stalls and they don't know what to talk about, it is so helpful for every kid in any situation to have five questions they can ask other kids when they get stuck. So back pocket questions. And in exposure therapy, the point is that you keep doing that level until you don't feel scared in that level anymore, until you no longer feel afraid. So practice till you get comfortable. So then you keep having friends over and you keep doing that at your house. And then you move them towards going to a friend's house or you move them towards having two or three friends over at the same time. And so we're working our way toward the scary thing because I probably am saying this because I'm the director of our little summer retreat program called Hope Town, but I am thinking about these kids who are going to go to camp this summer. After all this time and so many camps that have been closed and how anxious those kids are going to be. And so I would just say, summer coming as a director of a camp type program, let your kids spend the night out before they go. Start with a grandparent. Make sure they have had at least a couple of nights at a friend or someone else's house before they go away for a week or two or a month. They just need practice doing the scary thing. Even if they're pushing back to some degree, they need practice. We need practice. Yes. And I would lastly say an intentional practice connected to the idea of enjoyment. In our class, Intentional Parenting, we talk about something you could do that will help you stay anchored to being about enjoyment with each kid individually. And we'd love to walk you through that real quick. I'd love to ask you to do this on your device right now, or you could write it down in a planner if you want to, but put down the names of each of your kids and out beside their name, put their age, like John 4, Emily 7, and then out beside their name and age, put what you would say for that kid at this point in their development is your best entry point to just enjoying them. So it might be Legos for your four-year-old son or American Girl dolls for your four-year-old daughter, or it might be playing a video game with your 14-year-old son, or watching a movie with your 14-year-old daughter, but think on what that could be and put something down for each kid. And I even had a, a dad recently I challenged to do this, and he said, David, I'm putting in my calendar, like I'm scheduling in play Legos, you know, like it's working out or something that I want to do every week that's a part of my own growth and development because I'm sad to report I'm not getting around to doing that, you know. I'm really hands-on when it's like taking him to a practice or working with bedtime, but not with enjoyment. And I'm going to put it in my calendar as that reminder of I want to camp out in that space. So if that's a helpful practice to help you stay committed to that, even if you want to transfer it to your calendar, would encourage you to think about doing it. I love that. Yeah. And just grateful we could stop off thinking about what kids need in this particular moment. Grateful that you all continue on this journey with us. Always. And stay tuned for some great interviews. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.